Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, July 30th, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 75, the second paragraph, which starts with, we pocket our pride and go to it. Today's readers are Davlin E. for the 12 Steps, Christine G. will do the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Vanita L. and Lisa B. Rick J. will be our newcomer greeter, and Hoodie R. will lead us in our second hour today. The reference numbers, for yesterday, which was Thursday, July 29th, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting yesterday, 17,449, 17449. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern time yesterday, 17,450. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I am now going to ask Davlin, no, excuse me, I'm going to ask, I am, yeah, Davlin, to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Penny. My name is Davlin E., and I am a compulsive eater living joyfully and gratefully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
9, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Okay, thank you so much, Davalyn E. And now I'm, we have Christine G. here to read us the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Christine G. from the greater Chicago area. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. <clears throat> Excuse me. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. <clears throat> Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Christine G. And now this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share press star 1 to unmute yourself, and once you are done sharing, 
please let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, anyone, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 75, the second paragraph, which begins with, we pocket our pride and go to it. And I'm going to ask Vanita L. to read that for us, please. Vanita L. recovered, but not cured, compulsive overeater in Georgia. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So these are the fifth step promises, and I have eight of them marked here. And um, I was also taught that as a sponsor, that after someone feels they're done with their fifth step, and we know there's a paragraph coming up, they're going to go home and make sure they didn't forget anything. But the, we, we ask people, these promises, are, are you delighted? Can you look the world in the eye? Can you be alone in perfect peace? We ask them these questions. And if they can't answer yes to them all, that we say, you know, really look and see, like, what else isn't there. And I've heard people say they've had to do that, like, several times until they could go back to their sponsor and they could say that they met all of those criteria that are listed here. And I know from my own experience, um, I'm actually in the middle of a fifth step right now, but I know from previous fifth steps, that I have felt tremendous relief, especially the first one, because um, I had shared some things I felt very ashamed about that I had never told another human being. And to have that received with acceptance and, you know, yep, this is sort of like what we humans do is very powerful. And then um, a recent one a few years ago when I came in, to a way I remember doing a fifth step and being really relieved of a lot of guilt that I was carrying as my behavior or negligence as a mother so it's a powerful step and may all the fifth step promises come true for you thanks thank you Vanita that was Vanita L and now before I take a list of names of people who would like to share Let me remind everyone that um, we value everybody's experience. However, if you've shared in the last two days, so that's Wednesday or Thursday on any of the Vision for You meetings, we ask you to hold back and and let other people's voices be heard today. And so who would like to uh, comment on this paragraph? Harlan G. 
Harwin. This is Larry K. Harwin, Larry. Lisa, Lisa B. Lisa. Linda H. I have Lynn. Who was after Lynn? Loretta H. Loretta H. Okay. Rachel K. And Rachel K. Okay, we're going to stop there. And this is who I have. And if I don't have your last initial, please just tell me when you share. We're going to have Holland G., Larry K., Lisa B., Lynn, Loretta H., and Rachel K. Holland, would you get us started? Good morning. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I love these promises because I was not born with the ability to look the world in the eye. I had a lot of shame from the moment I was born. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of anger. I have an ego that has three jobs. Make me right. Make me feel good and make me different from everybody else. Give me that terminal uniqueness. And the thoughts that I had in my brain about the world that I believed were secret unto me put me in a prison of my own making. And I've heard it said on different occasions that the role of the person listening to the fifth step is just to sit there and listen. And nothing in my case could be further from the truth. I had wonderful sponsorship beyond what I deserved. And they pointed out patterns of my behavior, patterns of the resentments and patterns of the fears that I had that taught me who I am, that taught me what I am. And I was very lucky that they didn't do that. And there was another thing that really, really resonated with me throughout the process. Organically, I will look up at you or I will look down on you. I did not have the ability to look at you. And the two most magical words that my sponsors said during the fifth step were me too. And so by examining these fears, these angers, these things that were going on in my head, what happened by the end of the process is I began, I didn't end it, I began a process of feeling more like a human being. In other words, I became what I dreaded. I'm becoming another bozo on the bus. And they have a name for people like me. They're called human beings. And as a human being, I can now look the world in the eye. I don't have to fear you. I don't have to judge you. And in not fearing you and not judging you and not spending time correcting you in my mind, I find acceptance. And in acceptance, I can find peace and serenity. And I'm not so worn out every day. I don't have to be so exhausted every day because it's not my job to run and judge the world. I'm a very lucky person for finding this program, and I'm a lucky person for finding the three things that this program promises me, besides the obvious spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. I get right with God. 
I get right with my fellow human being and I get right with myself. And this is so much a part of the process is step five. Lucky for me, I had wonderful, wonderful sponsorship that taught me I am a human being, no more, no less than anyone else, no matter what I've done, no matter what I've thought, no matter how much I've weighed, no matter how far down the scale I had gone or far, how far up I had gone, I am a child of God and I have the right to look the world in the eye and accept others as human beings. And that's so emancipating for me. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Penny. Thank you so much, Holland. And next we have another Cubby fan, <laughs> Larry Kay. Well, Penny, <laughs> the Red Sox are doing it this year, right? But that's that's good. Like to see it. Like to see it. Okay. You know, if I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna be able to to look the world in the eye, um, I need to pay attention to the the. It speaks of the exact nature of our wrongs, and that's a little bit more extensive than our wrongs, right? The exact. For for example. Um, when I think of in, in previous partnerships, relationships, before the one I'm, I'm presently in, I engaged in lying through omission. And when it came to intimate relationships, you know, and, and I'm not proud of this, but it's true. Lying through omission, and, it, and, and you know, and it was, it was something that I did. And, and if you ask me what was the exact nature of the wrong, I think the best I probably could have come up with was uh, dishonesty and selfishness. Probably, you know, the best I could come up with. And th those omissions were dishonest and they were selfish. Although, you know, I would offer to you that the exact nature of these actions of omission were fear. They were fear, 100% fear. You know, my lying through omission of the truth was never about the specific thing, you know, that, uh, that I was engaged in, ever. It was always about the fact that I had no idea how to trust you loving me, and I needed to have some secret kind of on layaway. You know, God forbid I should have someone around to fill me up with the, the information that I was okay as a human being. I was sort of like a... You know, I think of like a like an orange juice glass with, a, you know, like a little crack in the bottom of it, right? And no matter how much orange juice you pour in, it's always in the process of dribbling out. And I needed it constantly poured in. And it's taken me a while. It's taken me a long while to really grasp that. So that's part of what we're looking at here with the fifth step. If I'm going to look the world in the eye, we're going to find out about the exact nature of my wrongs. And the key to the fifth step is the notion that we, you know, what's been blocking us, that what's been blocking us is these causes and conditions, and they're about to be cast out. And if they're not cast out, because I have not shared the exact nature of my wrong, good luck looking at the world, you know, looking at the world in the, in the eye. Good luck with that. It's not going to work. And if you'd allow me to use a semi-disgusting metaphor, Penny, for a moment, and because this is a room full of addicts, I imagine it's okay. The metaphor of throwing up. You ever experienced having the stomach flu? I imagine you have. And at some point, you desperately need to throw up, and yet it's, it's right there, but it's just not time yet. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just not time yet. And, but it's inevitable. But you know you've passed the stage of inevitable. And there's something about that un- utterly uncomfortable feeling of limbo that you're in. And it's, all, it's almost the equivalent of us having lived our whole lives that way with our character defects right at the precipice, right there. It's right there. Now think about that moment when you finally do throw up, the, act, the actual act. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. Neither is the act of doing a fifth step either. But once you're done, what's the feeling? Relief. That's sort of what's at the back end of a fifth step where you can look the world in the eye. So, Penny, good luck to the Red Sox, right? We got rid of Rizzo. But anyway, uh, with that, I pass. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Larry Kay. And next we have Lisa B. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And um, there's so much I want to say. Um, you know, before I've done the fifth step and I've done several, before I've given my fifth step away, it's like being in a house of mirrors, you know, with the, where all the mirrors are warped and distorted. That's how I live my life. You know, I can't really tell the true from the false. And all these things are kept inside of myself, things that I'm ashamed of, things that I'm exaggerated about and too inflated about. My ego is way too big about. And it's not until I start to share with someone, someone that is like me, except they're recovered, you know, they, they're on the other side and I share it. And that's, that's the relief. That's the freedom. And I see that they're not horrified. In fact, often they'll say to me, Oh, I've done that too. Or I did something like that, or this is how I felt. And it's just a wonderful experience. You know, the house of, warped mirrors it's not there anymore and then um i was really drawn to the word broad capital b broad capital h highway another word for god and it reminds me and we agnostics you know we found that god does not make too hard terms for those who seek him the realm of the spirit is broad roomy all inclusive never exclusive or forbidding and that was my experience in sharing my fifth step on the many occasions I've done it, where it's, it's not, I'm not excluded out. And, um, you know, God is inside of me. God is inside of you. And when I share with another fellow, I'm getting closer to God. And that's what a sponsor told me many years ago. The more honest I am with another alcoholic, with another compulsive overeater, the closer I get to God. And I, I learned that many, many years ago, and I never forgot it. And You know, I pick up the phone and I share things today, even when I don't want to, no matter how small it is, I share it with another recovered fellow because I'm squishing a bug. You know, my disease is like the bug. The disease wants me to be quiet. It's saying, shut up, shut up. Don't talk about it. You know, don't share about that. You can't share about that. And I do the exact opposite of what the disease wants me to do. And then I love when it talked about spirit of the universe and Bill's story. He talks about the spirit of the universe. That's another word for God. And um, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared because I've come out of hiding, come out of darkness and secrets, which is everything that disease is about. And those warped mirrors of distortions, kind of like body dysmorphia, which is also what I've had. But I've had that with my spirit and my personality and my soul. You know, and also I'm just thinking way too much about myself with all this stuff. And it keeps me all 
jammed up. So I'm, I'm so glad to be here and be able to share that. I pass. Thank you so much. That was Lisa B. And next we have Lynn. Good morning. Hi, Penny. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Linda, thank you. You're welcome, honey. Well, good morning, everybody. You're my family, and I love you. I can do that today. I can love you. I'm so grateful that I did my first fifth step. And like you, oh, did I say I'm recovered? Because I am. Wow. It's great. And it's hard sometimes, but it's great. Um, Okay. When I did my first fifth step, it was like almost 40 years ago. And um, I was terrified, and I was more terrified of my life as I was living it because I was completely shattered. And um, and I did what I was told. And um, boy, I vomited it everywhere on paper. It's a ugly image, but it's the truth. And uh, who wants to do that? I it, I had to do it. I couldn't keep it in. And what a blessing that was. Um, I had a um, a disadvantage. I, well, maybe um, I didn't think God was real, but I was willing to give it a shot. Maybe, maybe that's real. I think it's kind of stupid. I'm an adult, and that's fairy tale stuff. But anyway, um, I I couldn't have been more wrong. I and I can't prove that to you. I don't have to because the program will do that. Um, you don't have to call it God. You can call it. A question mark. That's what I started with. I thought I was talking to the air. And I was willing to do that, boy, because I was scared. And what a miraculous thing, because the word that jumps out at me is some of the images in this uh, paragraph about illuminated and delighted. The dark and the light, the dark twist, the darkness of being an active addict a self-destructive, confused, frightened human being stuck in her own head, believing stuff that is not true. Um, And that's not denial. Um, What I'm trying to say is this stuff really works. I am delighted. I even experienced much of this the first time. Being, you know, an agnostic, I guess you'd call it at that point. Just being willing to try. I experienced a certain ease, a certain feeling. I didn't know it was the same thing as God, but it is. So the love is inside. Someone just said that. It is. Please try this. You you will never, ever regret it. It looks awful from the outside, and it's great. Bye. Thank you. Uh, that was Linda D. And next we have Loretta H. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Penny, and good morning, everybody on this line who saves my life every single day. This is Loretta H., recovered compulsive upreader, and I live in North Raleigh, North Carolina. This paragraph you know, that the nooks and crannies, the um, peace. And I always think of nooks and crannies. There's a food that always advertises nooks and crannies. And I had a lot of those 
that were very, very um, full of fear, dishonesty, resentment, self-seeking, selfishness. Uh, and um, I realized, and I, I shared this last week, that I am the tin man or was a tin man, especially with my anorexic armor that was looking for a heart. And until I worked the steps and revealed my true self, I couldn't have a heart or find a heart. So with the work of the steps and working with others, it's so amazing. I get more out of somebody else's fifth step than I ever had out of mine. And yesterday, I had a spiritual um, ex experience because somebody was going to give me a fifth step. And before she gave it to me, she wanted me to see how she did it. So all these papers were coming out of my printer. And I realized for me, because I have an issue that keeps going into 10 and 11 lately, that I need to do a, another fourth step on this. Because uh, right now my heart is getting harder. And I need to have a heart that is soft, that is love, that, you know, being of maximum service to God and others. And so out of being of maximum service, is it honor God? Yesterday, I realized, because I was taking a fifth step, that I need more work on my heart. And this program works because it is the broad highway. You know, it is not inclusive, never exclusive. It's God. And God can gives me everything I need in the darndest times. You know, I'm taking somebody's fifth step, and I realize I need to do a fourth step on something that's been um, irritating my heart. So I'm so grateful that today this tin man is trying to find her heart, and hopefully the little red slippers will come on, um, and I won't be the guy who dies um, with his slippers on, but be the woman who actually um, runs on the broad highway. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. And Rachel K., your turn. Hi, this is Rachel K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Um, yeah, first of all, I want to thank Larry K. for giving getting the award for the most vivid metaphor for uh, comparing a spiritual experience to the stomach flu at what is 4.30 in the morning Pacific time. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> really. I love it. Um, and also another metaphor, Loretta, uh, you brought up. I'm sorry. This is crosstalk of um, the Tin Man and the Wizard of Oz. Because um, one thing that for those of you who like me, gave away your fourth step, you know, did the fifth step. And I expected, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy goes from, like, black and white to technicolor, you know, she gets to Oz and it's like, oh, you know, everything is just in color and the world has magically transformed from, you know, dull, dull Kansas to um, technicolor. 
In this paragraph, yes, it does give promises, but notice some words, or at least I have to notice some words. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. Um, we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly, often, but not always. For me, it was a little anticlimactic. And I say that it was immediately anticlimactic. Um, I was relieved. Um, I was delighted because I was like, okay. Um, but it was, it, it was gradual. Um, it wasn't like all of a sudden the world became technicolor. It was gradual. I was noticing some freedom and, and, and even more as I, I went into six and seven, some freedom from, from some of these things, um, that I was able to let go of. But it wasn't like an abrupt shift in, in my world. It was, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It was gradual and, and I had to, you know, remember and remind myself and be reminded we're, we're not halfway through yet. You know, we're only on four and five. There's, there's still work to go. So don't freak out, you know, if, uh, you know, all of a sudden it, it's not like, um, you know, lollipops and rainbows 24 hours a day. First of all, I can't expect lollipops and rainbows 24 hours a day, even after I recover and get to step 12. Um, I just, I do get all the promises, and that's wonderful, but, um, you know, none of the promises say that I'm never going to have a, 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 a negative emotion. It just tells me how to deal with them. And also, it's a broad highway. It's not a broad bus stop where I, you know, where I just stop or, or the end of the road or, or, you know, the pot of gold. It's a highway. I get to walk on this journey, um, which is beautiful and inclusive and broad. And I'm arm in that's arm. I'm Rachel. Thank you. Uh, that's enough. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Rachel Kay. And now before I take a list of other people's names who would like to share, let me just tell you again that we are on page 75, the second paragraph. We pocket our pride and go to it. And so anyone who'd like to share who hasn't shared in the last two days, um, please just say your name. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Anne M. Say again, please. Anne M. Phil M. Okay, who M? Phil. Short for Philomena. Phil? Yes. yes. Okay, gotcha. Anyone else? H. Priscilla H. Anyone else before we go back and hear from Ian? Okay, Ian, why don't you share right now? So, Ian, N, your your turn. Hi, Penny, it's Anne M here, recovered compulsive overeater from Ireland. Can I be heard? Okay. Yes. 
Very well. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny, and thank you for your service. And uh, yeah, what a powerful meeting and what a rich paragraph. Yeah, love this part. And it's step five. <clears throat> and that would have always brought up a lot of anxiety for me, you know, sharing my deepest, darkest secrets with, you know, another another recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, it says here, we pocket our pride and go to it. So we just go, go straight in, you know, it's show up, boot up and show up. And uh, yeah, and it's, you know, it takes a lot of courage to, I suppose, to put yourself out there. And it says you're illuminating every twist of character. And that, I just looked that word up and it, it just means, you know, exposing, telling, explaining. So it's for me, it's a lot to do with honesty and uh yeah, and it's given me, you know, it, the opportunity, I suppose, to um, to expose everything, you know, the dark crannies of the past, every twist of character. And that can be very, very difficult. And I think it comes back to, you know, the willingness to want to really want to be, you know, have a spiritual experience and to be free of the food and to really get connected to my higher power and to, to become unblocked. And, you know, whatever shame and guilt is there, it's more more than likely going to all be taken care of by my higher power through a loving sponsor who, yeah, was shared earlier. They will identify, you know, the human part of them and the human part of me will allow me to feel safe and yeah they're looking at this objectively as well and you know just sharing their experience and you know the identification and 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 just the acceptance that I get from that is is incredible you cannot do this with somebody well I cannot do this with somebody who's not a recovered compulsive overeater because they won't they won't give me that what I what I need to go through it you know look at it objectively give me the acceptance that I need and uh yeah, and again, you know, it's 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 looking at those patterns because that's what I'm looking for. I want to get unblocked. I need to bring this to the sunlight of the spirit to get the healing around it. You know, this is where the transformation comes in. And I think it's I love the part as well <clears throat> where it says, you know, we feel we are on the broad highway and it was shared there. We're just, you know, passing through that arch to freedom. And it's just the start because we're still on the unblocking, you know, four to nine are our steps to unblock. And we're just on step five here. But we are on the broad highway, passing through that triumphant arch. And, you know, that's where the sunlight of the spirit starts and begins. And it is that neutrality around the food. It is that where, you know, we experience we experience that that spirit, the sunlight, the full sunlight and the rays of the spirit and all the promises that come with that. So with that I pass, Penny, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian and and now Phil M. Thank you, Penny. Hi, my name's Phil. I'm a recovered complete very gratefully recovered compulsively overeater from Northern Ireland. Um, it took me a long, long time to be able to say recovered. Um, and it's just such a joy. And I, I, some days I take it for granted. But when I think about it, it I've been saved from a real dark pit. And doing the steps is what has done it. And I have had brilliant sponsors. And I recently went through uh, the steps again for the second time with the same sponsor. 
and she's so kind, absolutely kind. Now, the surprise I got when I was working it uh, with her for the first time was how much I was getting my value from other people's behaviour. Do you know, I was a total vacuum cleaner. And today, I don't want to be a vacuum cleaner. I'm sure at times I am a vacuum cleaner, but I'd rather be a radiator, you know. And that's what I'm I'm working towards. That's an ideal, you know, that uh, it's radiating love, not sucking energy out of people because it wouldn't matter if Mother Teresa was giving me attention 24-7. It would not be enough, you know. It would not have been enough. I was just had that hole in my soul and there's only one thing that's going to fill that and that's my higher power um, and and uh, my connection with my friend um, in, in, in um, this uh, in this amazing uh, amazing program. So also I had suffered from grandiosity, you know, wanting everyone to be like me. What a wonderful world it would be if we were all like Phil, not be total nightmare. Um, and I was judgmental, you know. But uh, telling my story, I received gentleness and acceptance, and that was the beginning of me being able to accept myself, really. And also to recognize that I was doing the best I could. Yes, got the character defects. Yes, human, absolutely human. But just the awareness is enough. I didn't need to fight them. just needed to become, you know, willing to let God take them away in God's time. And she would definitely do that, you know, for me. And is doing that as we go along. Um, some of my favourites hang around and I get rid of them every day with my Step 10 train partner. Um, well, at least I acknowledge them anyway, you know. So we're all walking this road of happy destiny, perfectly imperfect. And that's absolutely okay. And it's a miracle for me to be able to accept that the imperfections are okay. That's me, just another bozo on the bus, but also knowing that every bozo on the bus is unique and special and adored and adorable. Um, so with that, I'll pass, and thank you for your service, Penny. Thank you, Phil M. And next we have Priscilla H. Priscilla? I, I, I was still muted. Thank you. This is Priscilla H. Grateful to be recovered, recovering, but never cured of food addiction. Um, I love this paragraph. There's there's some things that really jump out at me. Um, the main one that jumps out at me, though, is right in the middle of the paragraph. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. Um, I grew up in the Deep South, which used to be referred to as the Bible Belt, and that that wasn't a bad thing. Um, So I grew up in a family that um, did all the right things about um, religious practices, and I did them, and I developed increasingly strong religious beliefs, I won't say spiritual beliefs, even religious beliefs. Um, and I thought that I had to convince everybody else in the whole world uh, to to believe those same religious beliefs. And it became, I truly believe it became an addiction for me. And then it fell apart, and I spent 
roughly 10 years as an atheist. And I think that that was my abstinence from addiction to religious beliefs for me, which were not the same thing as a spiritual experience. And when I came into 12-step recovery, um, I began to have a spiritual experience. That was... um, in the beginning and for many years, not what it is today, but um, today I I feel like I'm kind of bumbling along here. Today I have begun to have that spiritual experience, which is a is different for me than relig- than beliefs, religious beliefs. I don't understand the higher power, but you know what, today I don't have to because I today can feel a relationship with the higher power of my not understanding. I can ask my higher power a question like, what's going on with me? What is this I'm feeling? Why am I not happy today? And and I get an answer from my higher power in my brain, in my head, and and I'm told what I need to do about that quite often. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Priscilla H. And now we have time for at least three more people. Who would like to be on the list there? Perhaps someone who's um, never shared before? Hi, this is Katie F. I've shared before, but not recently. Okay, Katie, thank you. And who else? This is a wonderful opportunity to share with your fellows. This is Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Miriam. Okay, is there one more? Lauren A. Warren Lauren. Lauren with Mary S. Okay. So let's go with Katie F., Miriam J., and when we get to who I wrote down as Warren, just just correct me. I think I need to be corrected there. So Katie, please start. Katie F.? Sorry, I got muted. Um, this is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I love this paragraph. It's hard to hone in on just one part um, to talk about. But as I'm looking over it, it's like it's this part where it says, um, well, our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearest, nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And I think that... Um, you know, that is the difference between uh, the recovery I have today compared to the recovery I tried to have, um, you know, when I first came in for the first six years. I I was always holding back. I was always too um, ashamed or too prideful or whatever you want to call it to really share everything that was going on. And um, my first fifth step that I did, it was basically just a life story. Um, 
and there was no discussion of the rest of the steps of what I needed to do with it. I didn't go home and, you know, take down my big book and all the things that it talks about that we're supposed to do next. I didn't do those things. I was 22 years old and 21 or 22 years old. And, um, and, you know, and it didn't work. I mean, it didn't take, I, I still had to keep going over and over all those things. And until I was finally able to see my part and see that I needed to change. And so now since then, when I have done fifth step, um, or even doing a 10 step and I get to the other side where I see my part, it's like God is just holding me by my hand and holding me and saying, yes, you need to change and you are going to be okay. And that is something that um, no amount of food could cover up and make me feel okay. No amount of food would make me feel, um, would feel this peace that comes from uh, taking these steps. And, you know, that's what I was always looking for in the food was an ease and comfort um, that would come, but it was so temporary. And it got to the point where it, it didn't even, it didn't even work, you know, but I couldn't stop doing it. So I'm just really grateful that, um, we get to keep doing this, but this isn't, you know, something I did 25 years ago and I've never done it again. No, it keeps happening. Every time I uncover and discover and discard my ideas and see that God is showing me something new to how I need to change, I feel the near, nearness of my creator, and I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. And next we have Miriam J. Good morning, Miriam. Miriam, we're not hearing you. Good morning. Yeah, you good morning, Penny. <laughs> this is Miriam J., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Um, so um, a couple of things about this paragraph. Uh, first of all, when when doing the steps was new for me, uh, the promises really were motivating because I didn't have any of them. You know, um, I couldn't look the world in the eye. I could not be alone in peace and ease. Uh, I was fearful. Um, I I had a God, but uh, I didn't ever feel close to that um, power. And um, and today, after having worked uh, the steps several times, now it's kind of a, a, a checkup list for me. And you know, I'm just so filled with gratitude because I have these things today. And it's a direct result of having spiritual experience and now a relationship with uh, my creator and my higher power um, that I call God. The one that I just want to, you know, highlight today is we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. I, I didn't even know what that would be like um, when I was in the food and um and today today i'm okay i'm okay by myself i don't need another person to complete me i don't need another person to validate me um and and that's such a miracle and i'm really really grateful um for that and for you and everybody on the line because you know you are welcome to these promises with that i'll pass Thank you, Miriam J. And next, I have written down Warren, but I think I miss 
um, understood. Who was next, please? Hi, Penny. This is Lauren. A Lauren. Lauren, thank you. From Minnesota. Thank you. Thank you very And your much. last initial, Lauren? A. A. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Lauren A. Uh, recovered in Minnesota. Um, this is really a good paragraph for me to read this morning, and I feel like it's convicting me because... You know, there isn't often a big pause where there aren't people volunteering to speak, but today there was, so I thought, okay, it's time to speak up. I I have just gone through the steps with my sponsor, again, because I had relapsed, and I know that my major problem is resentment, and I'm still feeling resentful, um, and I don't feel at perfect peace and ease, so I need to look at it again, and it's... I don't want to. I want to I wanna just go on with my busy life. I'm so important. I have all these things to do, and I, I can't be sitting still and, um, and you know, doing reading and writing. But, uh, but, I, but I know that I need to, and I don't want to um, – I don't want to go back to the food. I don't want to go back to uh, the, the craziness. And, and I've been realizing lately that one of my hugest problems is fear. My, my major person I'm usually resentful of is my sister – and I just realized that I'm afraid of her, and you know that, that's crazy. She's not going to beat me up or shoot me or anything, but um, but I live in that fear. So uh, I've got more work to do, and I thank all of you for for helping me to realize that. I'll pass. And now we have two more minutes. If anyone um, is still there and will uh, want to share, take that um, two minutes or a minute and a half. Mary A. Mary J. A. Is that right? Apple. Mary A. is an apple. Okay, go ahead, Mary. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for letting me share at the last minute. This is the first time I've shared on this meeting. And Mary A. in Connecticut, compulsive overeater. Um, I heard about pride here, and I realize that pride gets in my way, and I'm embarking on step four right now. And I just want to say thank you so much for all your words, and I realize how my pride gets in my way, and I need to now, it's like I can see the difference between the way I was in the food and the way I am now, and there's this there's this line here, and now I'm ready to like, move forward in a new way and looking forward to how I'm going to become um, getting unblocked. All the words you guys have said have just resonate with me and I appreciate that. I do need help from all of you because I need, I, I've lost all my contacts in my phone and I'm like, so I'm putting a, putting a, like an SOS out. If anybody knows Charlotte from the UK, from Scotland and the UK, I need somebody to text her, please, and tell her that I have no contacts. I have no um, Apple phone and uh, Apple ID, so I can't get on WhatsApp and text her myself. And um, she's my sponsor, and I, I can't contact her. So I'm asking for an SOS from anybody if, knows who, if anybody knows who um, I'm talking about. If you could text her and say, Mary A. from Connecticut has lost all contacts and Apple ID, and I will hopefully be back online in a couple days when... Apple decides to unlock me. Anyway, thank you for all your um, for all your words. And if anybody knows who I'm talking about, I appreciate your help. Everybody have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you for letting me share.
Thank you, Mary and we're happy that you chose to share for the first time. And and thank you to everybody. It's now time that we get to our closing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, everybody who gave service and for people that just uh, did service by by um, calling in this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Today's uh, ID for this meeting, July 30th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 17,456-17456. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 64, followed by the serenity prayer. And I'm going to ask Lisa B. to read that for us. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.